Hello and welcome to Need to Know, your weekly investment podcast brought to you by the experts at Coots. I'm Sarah Muir and I'm joined in the wonderful Coots offices for 40 Strand in London, uh, as always by Coots CIO Alan Higgins. Each week on the podcast, we look at the three things investors need to know for the week ahead. Alan, um, I hope you had a good long weekend, but what do we need to know this week? Thank you, I did. I hope you did as well. So uh, look, um, normally we look forward, don't we? We, we do. don't look back too much, but I think we've it's been such an incredible week. We're gonna, we are gonna look back, try to get some forward-looking statements because we have to look back to the horrendous UK inflation data. Yes, yes, we've got, to, we've got to call you out on that one. Oh that? yeah, that as well. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. No more predictions from me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a statement, but well, it's a fair comment. One, mm. two, um, artificial intelligence. Yes. Um, Nvidia, of course, mm. and I was at. Uh, two high-profile conferences last week, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, and artificial intelligence featured heavily, so a lot to say. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a long conversation, those two. And then I think just round it up with a little bit of German data, German yes. growth data, yeah. which went a bit under the radar, but I'm going to talk about it okay. for different reasons than people might think. Okay. Well, let's kick off then with UK CPI. And we did have, uh, well, not quite what we were looking for last week didn't we no uh, exactly right so what did i say previously i mm. said previously uk core inflation was pretty much in line with everyone else yeah yeah uh, that was a true statement <laughs> at the time of speaking as we say at the end <laughs> yeah thank god you do that you know the compliance <laughs> warning um sadly uh it's not true today so yeah. the numbers were are uh, it's just gone the wrong way we were 6.2 yeah. percent year over year we're now 6.8% year over year. Yeah. And we really are an outlier. So, for example, today, Spain, which mm. was reasonably high at 6.4, yeah. was actually higher than the UK. That's fallen fairly substantially. Okay. I won't drown you with numbers, yeah. as I know from listening to podcasts myself. Mm. But it's pretty depressing. Um, so what's, what's driving that? that rise in core CPI? Because we know about sort of energy prices, but that's not core CPI, that's the headline figure, which did actually come down, although it was less than expected. What's driving that not just stubborn core, but higher core? That's a, that's a good point, because we didn't define core, of course. So, mm. so, so core is considered excluded energy. Mm. So everyone, hopefully everyone knows about the issues we have with food prices, one, yeah. and two, uh, the good news on energy. So it strips those, those volatile components out. Mm. It's services. It's core services. Right. Um, you know, in everything. So, so my double macchiato is now three pounds ten in, in Pimlico, in my favourite place. Very, very good place called the Roasting. Okay. Uh, there's alternative places. There to are. Go yeah, I'm just about to say there are other places. <coughs> but that's They they raised yeah. their prices from two pounds seventy, and I yeah, and uh, I yeah. said to them why, and they just said coffee costs more, staff costs yeah. more. You know, and and you know, it's fine. I pay it, but um, services, okay, that's kind of a good, but um, at, at, at all kinds of reasons, and it's mm. quite depressing. You know, the next highest core CPI, mm. you have to look beyond Europe. Okay. You know, I like to put you to the test. Yeah, I'm going to say... If you get this, you get this right, I'll be amazed, because, yeah, you know, well. because it's like picking a country out of the blue. No, no pressure. Can I at least narrow it down to a continent? South America. Okay. I was going to say Venezuela. Yeah, good choice. Venezuela, I think, is probably really high. Yeah. It's Brazil. Brazil right, okay. is a little over seven. So, But isn't that depressing? Yeah. So the whole of Europe, uh, the US, is on a lower trajectory. Yeah. Now, it is just one number. Mm. However, it's serious enough. And um, it has implications for rates. 
Cool. And you know, you know why structurally? I think is a good is a good question. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, just before we go on to that, I mean, Goldman Sachs. I think I saw today actually they're saying that they don't think the Bank of England will get inflation under control until the end of 2025. Which brings me to we have talked about this before. This concept of inflation being at two percent as being this kind of optimum level. I mean, why two percent? I mean, why? I mean, I know why, but this it seems such an arbitrary level and it seems like maybe we should just move away from that now because it's just not realistic to it's fair that level. as as we found out uh, new zealand started it all mm. um inflation targeting and the idea from two it, it could have been three it could have been one one probably a bit low mm. the basic idea is that disinflation what japan went through is yeah. not a great area yeah um so a little bit of inflation tolerated maybe less so in germany but tolerated mm. Uh, and the idea was, well, that's that's low enough, and that right kind of number, but it could easily be free. But they can't change with it, without losing credibility right now. Mm. So that's the reason why. Um, but it has implications for rates. Yeah. And I, to put it in context, I went back uh, because we have this feeling. I'll call it a feeling rather than analysis that the UK is more inflation prone. Yes. It was in the nineteen seventies. But interestingly, since I started my career, 1980-something, that's all I'm going to say, uh, although it's been disclosed here before, um, I was quite surprised to see the capacity of the US. So the US has averaged 2.8 okay. since basically mid-1980s. Okay. The US has averaged 2.8%, currently well above that. Yeah. So UK RPI, mm. so unfortunately we, we only started our, our own CPI yeah. uh, a bit later. So if you want real history, it's RPI was only a little bit higher. Mm. Um, I don't know, what would your instinct be? Would your instinct be a, bit a lot higher? I would have thought it would have been a lot higher, like more than 4%. It's actually averages 3.6. Okay. So, so on the face of it, and, and by the way, the difference between RPI and CPI is about 1%. Okay. On the face of it, the US and the UK experience looks about the same. Yeah. But um, I went back to a previous surge in inflation mm. normally i prefer talking about surges in equities yeah we'll come back to that when we talk about artificial intelligence yes. but um the uk does less well there so for example in uh, 1988 i was working then mm. i was a very young bond manager rpi this is rpi was the lawson boom do you remember nigel lawson, I do remember you know, nigel yeah, lawson yes. sadly deceased inflation went from ballpark three to ten mm. in about 18 months. What was driving that? So uh, I've said this before, um, no one knows for sure. Yeah. We've got some theories, but this is what is interesting. So three to 10, yeah. I'm rounding numbers for yeah. those who really ob obsess about economic numbers. Where did the US get to? Just six. Right. So it was a bit of a global boom going on, yeah. you can see. But there was a specific UK problem. It was actually to do with, that most theory ha ha has it to do with the housing market. The okay. housing market went bananas. Yeah. Um, because, because basically, going back in time now, they were restricting mortgage interest rate relief. They still had it then, yeah. uh, but they were restricting it. And so everyone piled in and bought property while they could. Okay. So a mini kind of UK boom, housing related, that's the theory. No one knows for sure. Um, but it's interesting because it's, it echoes a bit this period. The good news is, going back to that period, what did the Bank of England do? Actually, it wasn't the Bank of England then, it was the UK government yes, that set rates. They raised rates, admittedly mm. substantially. Yeah. 
and then inflation did fall. Yeah. So it does work. Presumably they had an impact on the housing market. Oh, yeah. At some point yeah, down the yeah, line as well. Yeah. I'll tell you, tell you a story. We like stories on here. I bought a lovely Georgian house in Peckham for 140000 Very nice. In about 1989, the mm-hmm. top of the market. Mm. I had it valued at the bottom at 85000 Today it's probably worth one and a half million. Yeah. God knows what, because everyone wants to live in Peckham. Yeah. Uh, the, the, these days, all young people want to live in Peckham. It's a really trendy place. But mm. you know, I was a, I was a pioneer, so I've seen a severe bear market. Yeah. But rates got to fifteen then. Yeah. Completely, it was there was much less debt around. Yeah. So I think look, um, I'm encouraged by the longer term performance on UK inflation. It's not that different from the US. Yeah. I think we just have to accept that in inflationary times like now, like the 1990s, the UK suffers worse. Yeah. What does it mean? Well, it means um, rates are going higher. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have, well, we're certainly going to have a rate rise in June. I guess we're probably going to have one in July as well. I mean, where, how high can it go? So the market is saying five and a half. Right. The market is saying five, another 100 basis points. Yeah. Pretty hard to disagree with that. Yeah. And it's going to be tough. Yeah. That's going to be tough. That's going to be, you know, it's going to be a real impact on mortgages. Yeah, especially the housing market. Yeah. When people start having to refinance those fixed term yeah, mortgages, yeah. that's when it's going to start. It's, it's going to be very, it? very tough. It's very, very tough for people who have um, property as an investment, which use debt against it because yeah. the rental yields, although rents have gone up. Yeah. So um, short term indigestion, a bit of tough times ahead in the UK, it looks like. Yeah. Okay. But, but interesting, though, just to sort of sum up then, you know, obviously we, we talked about core CPI has gone up and it is on a different trajectory to most of the other markets. However, it's not that much out of kilter with what we're seeing in the US and the Europe, but it is at the moment it's going up whilst across other markets it's going, it's going down. And that's the yeah. key sort of take. Just to here. finish on the numbers, it's going up. You're right. So, so where are we? 6.8% is the number in the UK. Yeah. Where is the US? Five and a half. Um, okay, well, France, 6.3. Yeah. Germany, 5.8. Even Germany, 5.8. Yeah. Um, Spain now, 6.1. Mm. So look, you know, maybe we're overacting to one number. Yeah. We shall see. We'll mm. definitely report on it um, next month. Um, but basically high and going in the wrong direction. Okay. All right, then. Well, we'll that's what I say. We'll definitely be following that and um as i say it looks like probably we'll get a rate like we'll definitely get a rate rise in june and the same markets pricing in 100 basis point of rate rises over the coming months okay so that's uk cpi now our other big topic for today and this is everywhere at the moment and this is ai and nvidia that's yeah. I, I, incredible i've never seen the stock Go up twenty five percent in one day. I mean, you probably have possibly, but I smaller capitalization stocks, but not a stock as big as as Nvidia, yeah. which is approaching one trillion. Um, but um, so you had a little look at AI. I did. Do you have a good definition of it? Um, well, I do actually, and it's whereas traditional artificial intelligence involves recognizing patterns in existing data. I'm reading my notes here. Generative AI involves creating new data or content. And I think that's the key thing, is Correct. it? It's not just about collating what's existing. It is actually creating something new. And that's probably where, for some people, especially for me as a, as a creative person, would find slightly alarming. But, I mean, I was having a, a play with chat GPT on the, on the train this morning and I had some interesting thoughts, but we'll maybe talk about those in a moment. But, yeah, your thoughts on this. Well, I have some good news for you in terms of uh, your role. I think I'm more at risk than you as a mathematics 
graduate. So um, firstly, um, before we get to the video, just a bit of feedback. So I went to the Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs conferences, yeah. really hard work. No glasses of wine. Uh, though seriously, it's kind of eight hours of investment content. But what was interesting, both of them separately featured heavily on AI. Yeah. I would say, especially Morgan Stanley. Mm -hmm. And um, the standout from Morgan Stanley actually was um, you've got to own the larger stocks for that. There'll be yeah. plenty of venture. The, the larger stocks will work, whether that be the Microsofts of this world. Obviously, obviously NVIDIA, um, they still have it as a buy. Um, they've called it pretty well. And they gave a um, couple of examples of you know where, where where it's working now even really well yeah when it's when it's programmed right which i'll come to mm. and they gave the example i don't know if i'm sure many people have tried this they they kind of they've heard they want to go i don't know i'll pick somewhere corfu on holiday very nice place to go yeah. and there's a range of places they've heard about and if you google search top hotels in corfu yeah it's a bit of a nightmare yeah, uh, yeah. Or top hotels in corfu for me plus tennis courts uh or at least two tennis courts or you yeah. know all of this is a nightmare because all, of course all the algorithms are programmed to send you everything yes and yeah. of course and it's overwhelming a, and there's about 100 adverts before you get to the true yeah. four seasons not that i stay at the four seasons but by way by way of example the four seasons so what morgan stanley said to me what they've got now is that when you use a version of chat gpt yeah. or this kind of generative um, ai Basically, it will go straight to the crunch and say, right, there's four hotels, yeah. Alan. Um, all of them have at least six tennis courts, mm. you know, because in case there's peak times, all of them are four star or five star rated. Yeah. All of them are near the beach and um, they're all full at the moment. Um, but we will contact you when a room comes available. And okay. then this is what it can do. It can actually send you a message and say, we just noticed the Four Seasons Corfu, if there is one in Corfu. Mm. Four Seasons Corfu um, have just got availability for two rooms at God knows expensive price. Yeah. Uh, do you want them? Yeah. Um, and that was, it seems like a small thing, but you can see That's actually you know, the added value yeah. from that. And the other thing they said, the Morgan Stanley experts in using this mm. for themselves, please say, come from the arts. They come from your backgrounds. Why is that? <coughs> Well, they said the number one person they have, mm. and it was, a, it was a she, was a theology graduate. Okay. They called them, it was a Maryland name, theology major. Yeah. Because it's asking the precise right question, you know. Gotcha. Like. Not thinking uh, about yeah, answers first. Yeah. Thinking the, about question, the nature of God in the context of this particular environment doing okay. this, you know, like, you know, mm. not that, you know, I can ask the right question. But very, very interesting. Mm. They were saying, of course, you need the scientists designed this, the mathematicians, yeah. but actually using it, people from an arts background are working really well. So that's digressing a bit. Yeah. And um, the Morgan Stanley conference was the day of NVIDIA. Um, yes. So what do they do? Um, it was forward looking. So they gave yeah. their, their historic results. They basically said um, our revenues for the next quarter are going to be at least 50% higher. Wow. Okay. wow. It's already a big company. Yeah. And where, and where do, what, is that based purely on this new chip this yeah. new processor that they're, they're launching yeah. so they're the specialists in the ai chip well it's not an AI chip. it's actually they started off as graphics gaming but it's the yeah. chip that you need to use and, it, and it's i think it's ten thousand dollars a pop something like it's, that, it's, yeah. it's expensive i believe it's called a graphic processing unit yeah that's right that's right yeah. so um and look uh, so, so I, I should say um 
Coots does have a position in NVIDIA, but we have a position in every company. Mm. Uh, something I'll come back to because, you know, we do embrace passive investing here, albeit with an ESG tilt. And I'll talk about that. So, look, um, what's happened? Um, well, some people think the stock's really, really expensive. Yeah. You know, people are saying yeah. that. Um, Kathy, Kathy Wood, for example, from Ark. Even Kathy Ark Wood Invest. from Ark Invest sold out. It's on, on a forward basis. It's on, a, it's on 55 ter- times earnings. You know, yeah. we've covered that before. Yeah. Price earnings which, ratio. Which is the average for the S&P at 500 at the moment is what, about 18? 18 times. You, uh, you, what, you know what else is at 55, te- te- 55 times? You can guess our friend. Um, Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. <laughs> our friend Elon Musk is also at 55 times. So it's not unprecedented. Yeah. to be at 55 times earnings. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are talking to price to sales. So the sales, the, the, the market value of the company compared to its sales being ridiculously high. It is, but that's very backward looking. Yeah. So I don't know. Look, it's a very, very technical area. I'll just say Morgan Stanley has it as a buy. That's in the public domain. Yeah. They, they put that on, on Twitter themselves. Uh, sorry, they were, on, they were on via CNBC. They were on CNBC saying mm. that. Um, just just a, over one year, NVIDIA is up 120%. Okay. Intel, the world's biggest chip company, mm. uh, maybe rivaling with TSMC in, in Taiwan, is down 30%. Right. So you can see there's a real AI thing going on yeah. here. I know, I know, actually, when we had Howard Sparks on, um, he didn't mention it on this call, but when we were doing something internally, he mentioned that on the last round of calls during Q1 earnings season, AI was mentioned 1,600 times on various different calls. Yeah. So I guess my question is, so we've got a handful of companies that you can invest in. And I'm, we mentioned chat GPT, and actually you can't invest in open AI because that's owned by our friend of the podcast, Elon Musk. So there's not many companies that you can invest in if you want to sort of For play. Pure play, pure play. Pure yeah. play of AI. That suggests to me is it's a bit worrying that you've got this constant, this focus on a very small collection of companies and everybody's plowing into those companies. Are we in bubble territory? No, um, I don't think so. Um, Bubble territory is, you know, Japan 1980s, uh, NASDAQ 1990s, where you earn 30% compound, 30% compound, 30% compound uh, over over multiple years. We're, we're We're not anywhere near that. So no, but where you're quite right is that we've got a very, so broadening it a bit, um, basically, we've got a very narrow group of stocks, mainly technology, mm. leading the way in the United States. Yeah, we've got the likes of Apple at forty percent. Apple and Microsoft are at forty percent. Yeah, uh, Meta, Facebook mm. is is has doubled. Okay, uh, year to date now from a very low base after yes. being a world of pain. Yeah, um, so it's a very narrow stock market. So actually. Look, um, it means any active manager is going to struggle to have exactly these seven or eight stocks. Yeah. Okay. And so active management, uh, so these are these are actively managed funds are having a nightmare. Mm. But our approach of always having some index tracking mm. uh, exposure in the portfolio means we've got Nvidia and and all these stocks yeah. some exposure. So it's it's another advert, dare I say, for passive investing and you know i struggle with it because i mm. i want to be an active investor but look we we've coots is a house for people who don't know we've been we embraced passive investing some 13 years ago mm. when we launched our multi-asset funds yeah and that's when we really really went into passive uh, deeply um so um it's it's not great so it's called breath we've talked about this before yeah the the, the the idea it's a narrow leadership 
Mm. But actually, when you put, put some statisticians on it and say, does it work? Yeah. It doesn't really work as a stock market indicator, like you think. Okay. Common sense would say, this won't last. Exactly. Seven stocks driving the stock market out. Yeah, that's not helpful. And I get that. But if you quantify it and say, okay, I want to always, um, when it's a narrow group of leaders leading the market, I'm going to be bearish. It doesn't work. Okay. What typically happens is the rest of the market gets dragged up. Right. So okay. we shall see. So it's like a rising tide. Yeah. Basically. I should say the tactical team remain conservative, not yeah. bearish. So, yeah. so, so here at Coots. Um, and please, they're conservative rather than outright bearish. But nevertheless, you know, can see tougher times ahead for the US. It, I guess the bulls out there are saying AI will take, will meet those tougher terms, yeah. tougher times rather, yeah. and make it better. We shall see. I mean, um, I will be chatting to the tactical team and, you know, at least getting to consider that because I think it, it is absolutely important. It is, it is changed. Having gone to the Morgan Stanley and the Goldman Sachs conferences and seen AI featured, and um, you will know I'm not someone for hype. If anything, I'm more of a value stock investor. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm yeah. more, you know, um, buy a bank or, mm. you know, buy the likes of BP and Shell with good corporate governance and, yeah. and, and uh, good voting. That's more classic my yeah. personal style. But I have to say, I think you do have to embrace this. Yeah. This what's happening in AI. It is going to be super powerful. And uh, it, it could... It could have, it could help avoid a recession. We shall see. Okay, because it's okay. Well, that's so essentially then what we're saying then is we've obviously we've seen Nvidia having phenomenal uh, growth over the last sort of last few months. Share prices up. I think what well, was up twenty five percent in one day, and you said it was up something like what was it one hundred twenty percent over a year. It's the contrast with Intel. Yeah, with Intel being down thirty percent. Exactly. And it's you know AI is the buzzword at the moment, and we're seeing that in the S and P where we're seeing a handful of companies that are either Nvidia or kind of somehow related to AI will be using AI as part of their business models are driving returns in the S&P at the moment. But as you said, maybe we shouldn't be overly concerned about that concentration at the moment. Let's see how that plays out. But it's it's not necessarily a bad thing that there's perhaps slightly less breadth than we would normally yeah. expect. So to clarify, because it's worth clarifying, it's obviously not the greatest thing. Yeah. The best thing is that a majority of stocks go up. What I'm actually saying is that when you test for it, and say, okay, narrow stock market, should I be bearish? Actually, that's a good thing to put into chat GPT. Yeah. Um, the answer is false. Okay. It doesn't work as a market timing, okay. but I get it. It's somewhat uncomfortable, yeah. especially when I just revealed myself as, as more of a value investor, yeah. especially for someone like me to see these six or seven stocks really lead the US stock market. And going back to the UK, for the UK stock market, it's all about the US. That's why yeah. despite the pessimism we said earlier about inflation in the mm. UK, the UK stock market's holding up okay. Yeah. On that note, well, then let's move on to the final subject, which is about Germany, which has just entered a technical recession, isn't it? Yeah. So there's, there's no clear definition of recession. Uh, most people think it's two negative quarters. It's usually more than that. Um, but I just found this interesting. We'll be brief on this one because we spent a lot of time. Mm is that originally they thought Germany had avoided a recession. Yeah. And then again, just to, I, I did say to you, most um, revisions are upgrades, didn't I? You this did, one, this yeah, one, this I one, did ask you about yeah, this okay. one's gone down. Okay. Uh, so this one's gone down. So, so basically they downgraded uh, German growth in the first quarter to negative. Mm. So they've got two quarters of recession. Yeah. But this is the thing, Sarah, who's, who's surprised? 
giving the energy crisis and I mean, the importance of energy, no I, one should be surprised. Nobody, especially as Germany yeah, is so yeah, dependent yeah. on Russian energy. Yeah, yeah, no one should be surprised, yeah. one. And the DAX, the German index, hit an all-time high. So yeah. when a recession is so well known, yeah. we have to be careful. So again, this is the advice I'll be working with the, the tactical team. Uh, and, you know, is Germany a bit of a lesson for us? I'm with them. I can still see a wobble, but maybe that wobble will be very small now mm. um, when the US does have more difficult times because this recession is so well known. Yeah. And just, so those are three things. Yeah. Just briefly, but just one thing. Okay. You, you gave me the challenge of finding a bull. I did. For next time. Yeah. It's really hard. I found one. <laughs> okay. A guy's ex-JP Morgan, really good. He's, uh, he, he, and um, I, I found him by watching CNBC and then I've, did a bit of research on him uh, and, uh, you know, quite interesting arguments, but we'll cover that mm, okay. uh, either next time. But next time we're doing foreign exchange, aren't we? We are. We've got coming up next week on Need to Know, we've got our uh, Coots very own uh, foreign exchange expert, Ray Moynihan. He's been in the business for a very long time. So he's been there and seen it all and done it all. So he's going to be giving us the lowdown on foreign exchange uh, next week. But yeah, I think definitely let something get that scheduled for an upcoming episode of the podcast. Thank you very much, Alan. So as, this, as we said, we'd already sort of summarised the first two points in Germany. It's gone into a technical recession. We've had back-to-back quarters of negative growth. But despite that, the DAX is actually doing very well. As Alan said, this is probably the most highly sort of predicted recession we've seen in a very, very long time. And so it's interesting to see, well, we saw how, it's, how markets are reacting in Germany. Is that going to play out also perhaps in the US if and when they get the recession there and in the UK. Um, A reminder that the views expressed in this podcast are not intended to constitute investment advice, are accurate at the time of recording and are subject to change. Thank you very much, Alan, for joining me today in the offices in 440 Strand. Don't forget to check out the podcast page on coots.com and you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcasts. You can also access previous episodes, including recent specials on investment scams and cryptocurrencies. That's all for this week. We'll be back next week with more Need to Know. Until then, bye for now.